0: There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors.
1: Hello, everyone. We are back with another episode and today's overarching theme is going to be about financial advice that we see on the internet, whether it's you know TikTok or a Wall Street Journal article, anything in between. Um, we're going to talk about if it's good advice or if it has some questionable value, particularly. And then we're also going to get into a listener question, which is whether or not to set their business up as an S-corp. And we get that question a lot too. So we've got a lot to say about it. Well, at least I do. Um, yeah.
2: So before we get into it, how are you doing, Amanda? I'm I'm really good. We're um, gearing up to travel for Thanksgiving, which oh um, I was just saying we haven't done and. In- probably 10 years. I, because I hate traveling at Thanksgiving so much at some point I just swore off it. I said, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, yeah. So I'm feeling a little nervous (laughs) (laughs) and you're driving. Yes. Okay. Yes. Be a long one. Yes, right, and I'm going to Chicago, which um, is your neck of the woods, mm-hmm. and the weather looks okay. I know Chicago at Thanksgiving can be really hit or miss.
1: You never know, yeah.
2: Yes, so.
1: Well, hopefully hopefully you'll have a safe and easy drive, and um, yeah, join me in the Midwest. Yeah, because you're staying local, right? hmm yeah. yeah. I'll be here. Nothing special, just some nice downtime. Well, with yeah. my family, of course, that is
2: special. Watching- the bears eating italian beef
1: doing
2: things yep
1: that's all we do here (laughs) deep dish hot dogs with no ketchup it's oh, never
2: yes (laughs) can't forget the celery salt
1: oh i love celery salt
2: yeah yeah anyway okay
1: this is not a chicago podcast we could go on and on Mm -hmm. um but let's jump into. Yeah, to- we can
2: do another bear episode. I don't know, our longtime listeners might remember we did discuss the bear season one and the impacts, like what lessons you can learn for small businesses. Maybe we should do that for season two of the bear. Watch that yet. I need to catch up. Still. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So that would be an opportunity to leave us a note in the comments if you want to hear our financial advisor thoughts on the bear season Maybe. two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Sorry uh, to interrupt, but no yes. Problem. I was what? gonna say bad financial advice on the internet. You could f- record endless podcast episodes on that topic. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> it's just
2: constant uh, barrage of bad financial advice on the internet, right?
1: Yeah, there's bad and then there's like maybe not bad, but not for everyone. Or, you know, yeah. it's like blanket advice out there that is really only ideal for a small handful of people. So like we always say, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Personal finance is personal. Um, But let's jump into this particular article. It's on the Wall Street Journal. And it's called your, what does it say? What is it called? Your 401k is falling behind. Here's what you should do. So, you know, right off the top, it's coming off as a very like advice-driven article. Like this is the right way to do things. So you know, Mm -hmm. try to keep, uh, think of that with, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt, if you will.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's the wall street journal. I feel like in general does a a good job in their personal finance columns. So this is in no way saying that they're a bad source of information because they tend to be one of the better sources. Um, it is the wall street journal behind a paywall requires a subscription. So I, we're going to include a gift link, um, in, the show notes and 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 the YouTube comments below so you can read the article in case you don't have a subscription Um, but yeah so and getting into it I think in general uh, just I just want to give a little background assuming our listeners haven't read the article so I mean the the premise of the story is that for a lot of people especially people who have target date funds in their 401k which is A lot of people, because a lot of 401ks only offer target date funds, or Mm -hmm. very limited choices of investments. Um, And target date funds have been really struggling the past two years. Um, And for a lot of people, I think this is making them uncomfortable (laughs) when they checked their 401k balance. Mm -hmm. Like, what is happening? This is what, you know, I'm told I'm supposed to buy and it's not working. Um, So that's... (laughs) how you know they, they get started on this. And there's been a number of articles online addressing this topic because it is um, becoming a, a problem for people.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people don't even like, they don't even know they can, or maybe they can't direct their own investments in a 401k. So a lot of people just kind of get into those target date funds and assume that's the only option.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, uh, low-cost indexing approach with um, very minimal control over what is actually in it you just get what you know Vanguard or whoever your provider whatever they're putting in their index mm-hmm. um I do think one of the one of the main issues which is what they address in the Wall Street Journal article is the bond portion of the target date fund bond because bonds are typically Are known to be you know this ballast in the storm you know you they're supposed to be a capital preservation vehicle you might not get as big returns but they're also not supposed to be going down by the numbers that they have been um by not supposed to i mean in people's minds obviously they can go down by a lot and that is feeling like a much riskier asset than it has in the past right um So the, the journalist gets into this and says, essentially what you should do is just stick with your 401k targeting fund, which is, you know, I work a little constrained because we can't give investment advice on this podcast. So we can say that advice might be okay for someone, but not okay for another person. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that that there is the behavioral issue where we say people who don't check their 401k tend to have the best returns. And that's not because of any of the investments in the 401k, it's behavioral reasons. Like the worst thing you can do sometimes is mess with your portfolio, especially when it's down. Because Mm -hmm. if you start selling things when it's down, what does that mean? You're you're selling at the low point, which is the exact wrong thing you should be doing. So you definitely want to avoid any kind of behavioral response um, like that when you're making these decisions of should I get out of a target date fund or not? Um, You know, the, the other counter to that Right. Is the was the Warren Buffett quote. I had it on by my screen. Now I lost it. Oh, here it is. The most important thing to do if you find yourself in a hole is to stop digging, um, which I like that quote. But, you know, which was what he's saying is if your investment's going down, instead of sticking with it, maybe you shouldn't keep riding with it further into the hole. Maybe it's time to get out. Um, and so as an investor, which one which one do you do? Do you follow this Warren Buffett advice of okay, I don't want to go further into a hole? Or do you listen to the behavioral side and say, Oh, I really shouldn't mess with my 401k. I should just leave it alone. Right? What what's what's somebody to do in that situation, right? Yeah, Emily? that's that's a quandary. Like
1: because yeah. how do you know? Like maybe tomorrow the stock that's going down is gonna jump up tomorrow. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many so many little aspects that affect the market it's kind of just i don't know i don't have the answer
2: yeah no (laughs) and right i don't i don't think anybody does really right um and i've you know it's it's different strokes for different folks i mean i would say i think target date funds are not very good investments because you don't have the ability to change it you're reliant on somebody else to do it for you mm-hmm. but at the same time most people using a 401k plan don't have the ability or the knowledge to pick better investments yeah. so if you look at it that way then okay you know what are you supposed to do it's good enough for a lot of people yeah um
1: Yeah, especially probably young people getting their first 401ks. Like, I mean, that's the best thing you could do is just start one. So whether it's in a target date or invested differently, like you're just happy they have one. But eventually, you know, as you start getting closer to retirement or as you start having more responsibilities and payments and whatnot, maybe you take a closer look, do some financial planning with someone, with an expert and change it up. So if you're in that position where you are you have a target date fund and you don't really care to look at it, but you know you could be doing better, maybe now's the time to reach out to us or, you know, let's get another opinion. Yeah,
2: yeah, get some uh, professional to look at it and give you a second opinion mm-hmm. can't hurt, right? It's better to get a third-party neutral person helping you make the decision rather than you having to say... What should I do? I'm not sure. And, and feeling scared. And then that scared or nervous feeling is going to drive emotional decision making, which can really hurt you in the long term. Um, yes. So um, it's definitely okay to have emotions about money and investing and trying to pretend like you don't is yes. like, what? Of course you do. It's your money. It's your livelihood. You're going to have emotions about it. You can't like turn that off. But I think what you need to do is recognize that it's happening and then come up with a strategy of how to handle it when, when it is, when you recognize that it is happening. Um, Yeah. So what else um, does
1: this article recommend if you are not going to stay in your target day fund or not going to stay in your current investment strategy?
2: Yeah. So then that's like phase two of this article is, um, They do say go ahead and stick with target date funds, which I think we've gone over that a little bit. Um, And then they transition to don't give up on bonds, which this part of the article, I think, makes some really great points. And I would uh, recommend that you read it. But uh, we're going to skip over that part for now um, and get to the towards the end of the article where they say consider tips, which is an acronym. Um, T-I-P-S. And that's for a treasury inflation protected uh, security. And so that's a type of bond that um, is inflation protected. So that once you cash in the bond at its maturity date, it's going to increase by the amount of inflation. Um, And which you know, they talk through how you can do a bond ladder using tips, which is, you know, say you have a bond mature in 2023 and next one, 24, 25, 26, you ladder out, space out the dates. Um, A bond ladder can be a great strategy depending on if it's appropriate for for you, right? Um, But I think what the reporter really missed here is the fact that the vast majority of 401k plans, which is ostensibly what this article is about, do not allow you to access the TIPS bond market at all. Like, it's just not a choice. Right. Um, And which I think is the the real problem with 401k plans at the end of the day is that they really limit your investing choices. And, you know, I think we've been over this a lot, Emily, right? Like, this is this is key, right? This is why we say investing choice is important and why we say put money in your 401k plan to the point where you get your match, but then put money in a Roth, put money in a brokerage.
1: Yeah, Otherwise
2: you're tying up your money in this 401k plan. And you know, what if you want to change something? What if you want to do this tips ladder that Wall Street Journal is recommending? You You can't, I mean, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Right. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And this would be a key time to say, if you're worried about the bond market and the 401k plan only allows you to access the bond market through the Barclays Ag, which is the generic bond index, like, what are you supposed to do? You don't have another choice, right? right? So if you do decide to go the Warren Buffett route to stop digging the hole, you you don't really, where are you going to go? Right. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, And it's super overwhelming to even try to think about another, other investment accounts. Like a lot of people say that 401k is good enough. I'm not going to think about it, whatever. And like we said, that could be maybe a good approach for you, but you know, as you're getting older and you're trying to uh, get yourself set up for retirement the best way, It's really important to look at investment choice, I'm sorry, account choice, and have those different options of pre-tax, post-tax savings, taxable accounts, so that you can really do a, a financial plan that will work for you and have these different options to set you up for retirement and for success in the future.
2: Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Because we, I think we usually talk about different account types. We tend to focus on the tax treatment, which mm-hmm. is important, right? To have the different tax diversity, but the investment diversity available to you through the different accounts is also can be very important, yep. um, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of little things that
1: we don't always think about. It's just like, that's my retirement account. That's it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I could go off about the bond market for ages, and I think the bond market is so important right now um, that it's just really, and most people don't really get it. Like, and on the news where they talk about all the time, stock market, it's it, it's it, and the bond market is can be a very important part of your investment portfolio, and it does get a little bit complicated, and.
1: Yeah, it's, no. it's it's important. confusing.
2: Yes, yes. So,
1: all right. I think that was a good. Uh, yeah, this article is really interesting, and I think though, as we said at the beginning, you know, we look at the source it came from, and don't you don't necessarily have to take it as like this is it. You know, it's from the Wall Street mm-hmm. Journal, so it's gold. That's it. Um, you know, we're not all financial advisors, so. It's hard to discern what you should take and what you
2: should leave advice-wise. So yeah, we just wanted to provide an expert. Yeah, some color and some background. Um. Exactly. Well, let's take that uh, information and jump over
1: to some of the things you might see on TikTok and on YouTube. Um, I've actually seen a lot of good like, budgeting hacks for people,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I think that can be really helpful. Um, one of our clients recently introduced me to a book that I can't remember the name of completely. Um, I should have looked that up, but I will link it in our show notes. Um, I think it's called something like Profits First, something like that, where mm-hmm. the the main idea is basically instead of having one checking account, you just split up into like five or six checking accounts. That is for this is for small businesses by the way or mm-hmm. geared towards that where you have your income account, you have your money you're going to pay yourself, you have the money that is set aside for taxes and then i can't remember what the other ones are off the top of my head but i think it's actually a really nice way for some people to see where their money is, where it's going, what it what you know, you have to do a lot of planning around your funds when you're a small business owner and it's a nice visual representation of what is encumbered if i can use a nerdy accounting word um, so that you don't spend it or think you have more than you do Mm
2: -hmm. yeah is it called profit first transform your business from a cash-eating monster to a money-making machine that sounds that sounds correct yeah yeah i do yeah some of these personal finance books are really helpful Mm -hmm. um But sometimes the advice does get really generic and you're like, well, does this apply to me or not? That's when the rubber meets the road, right? And then if you do follow some of this advice, I mean, the issue is the person who writes the book isn't accountable. So if you follow their advice and it doesn't work for you, then what, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a professional on your side who is looking out for you and giving you personalized advice, and that advice doesn't work out for you, not that we ever give that kind of advice no, right Emily? Never. I mean then then you have to answer to somebody. you have right. to, it makes the either advice like a different level,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think something like that is pretty innocuous having multiple checking accounts to visually see where your money is. Um, but there's so many like before you even get there, if you're running a business, you need to make some more important decisions like. For example, how are you gonna be taxed? What type of business structure are you gonna have? So that kind of leads us into this listener question, um, which is, should I set myself up as an S corp or an LLC? And there's a lot in that question <laughs> that I would have to explain before. There's no simple yes or no answer. Just like everything we talk about, it, it depends. So. Yeah. The first part of when you decide like, okay, I'm going to start my business, here I go. The first thing is setting up your legal structure, right? So that entails, um, well, it it depends if you are going to be a single owner or if you're going to have a partner or multiple partners. Um, If it's just one person, which the person who sent in this question is just a single person, they can be an LLC or they can be an S corp, I'm sorry, a C corp for their, yeah, yeah. almost flipped up there for their legal structure. Mm -hmm. You can also be a sole proprietor. Mm -hmm. That's like kind of a separate thing that doesn't, you know, it just, you get an EIN number for -hmm. your business part of your uh, financial activities and call it a day.
2: But I would just, I just want to, um, the lawyer in me wants to cut in just for a second. Um, Um, So LLC, right, stands for limited liability company, and that's why it's a legal status because you're a person and then you have a separate legal entity that's the business and the liability part of that is if you are sued, right? So if you're sued as an individual, that person suing you can access your bank account, your house, whatever your assets are, right? If you have a separate legal entity that's a business and you have a liability issue and you're sued, then they can only access the business assets. So setting up a separate legal entity like an LLC, limited liability, that's limiting your liability as an individual so that if you do have an issue in your business and somebody sues you, they're not going to be able to get your house. That's the idea, right? That's Um, a great
1: explanation. That's very helpful.
2: Yeah. So that has nothing to do with your tax treatment. That has right. everything to do with protecting yourself and your assets from lawsuits, essentially. Mm-hmm.
1: So both LLCs and corp- C corporations are legal entities of themselves, like apart from an individual. Um, so once you have your legal structure, I mean, this you should be doing this at the same time. But once the legal structure is decided upon, think about your tax structure. So this is where you can elect to be, if you create an LLC, you can elect to be taxed as an S corp and you can even elect to be taxed as a C corp. So if you don't file your legal structure as a C corp, you can still be taxed as one if you file as an LLC. All these details.
2: Yeah, Um, it's it's
1: complicated very quickly. It's complicated, yes. yes. So for this
2: project. this of- video is already longer than a TikTok video
1: <laughs> so just
2: pointing that out. OK, um,
1: I think we have some other recordings and maybe another podcast about this. But to give kind of a general overview, S-Corps are super popular on the Internet. You can find so many YouTube videos, so many websites just saying, like, open an S-Corp. Why wouldn't you? And that's, save money you know,
2: on taxes.
1: yeah, say, that's exactly what they say. They say, open an S Corp and you'll sa- save money on taxes. Like it's a guarantee. And there's so many aspects that go into that. It depends on your industry. Like, do you have employees? Like, what is your income going to look like? Is this a service-based company? Is this a, a product sales-based company? Mm-hmm. Like all those things can affect.
2: What state are you in? Yeah,
1: absolutely. That too. There's different tax percentages or tax income tax rates in every state that come into play. So um, when I see people just giving blanket like BNS Corp advice, it makes me a little crazy. And sometimes, and they do a really good job of convincing you. I watched a YouTube video recently. I was like, oh, he's got a good point. And then of course you have to take it with like okay that is good advice for someone that it makes sense for it's like just one step in the way to decide how you're going to be taxed like it's i'm glad people have these resources to look at but it's almost like why are you convincing someone like what is he doesn't get anything if someone becomes an s corp or not so it's a little confusing to me as a cpa where was i going with that the point is It depends all over again, Um, S-Corps can be great, but when you're just starting out, usually, and if you're just one person, usually you wanna keep it a little more simple, right? And a single member LLC is a lot more simple to manage than an entire S-Corp. An S-Corp has its own separate tax return. You have to set up um, payroll, There's a lot more administrative work that goes into it, not to mention tax planning because, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and you would need to um, absolutely have a CPA, have an accountant, an attorney to, you know, run things off of and ask questions because S-corps can be very tricky and a lot of people do them wrong. Yeah. So Um, (laughs) what else? I was going to just mention
2: there is, we can link to it in the show notes, um, uh, there is a tax person I know just through networking who created this AI bot where you can ask the bot questions about S corps. Whoa, that's cool. Um, yeah, so I was playing with it a little bit before we recorded this, and I, you know, it t- can't technically give you tax advice, and there's all these disclaimers saying this is not tax advice. You need to talk to a professional, but it was really helpful, I think, for answering a lot of just basic questions like, is an S-corp right for me? If my profit is $5,000, if my profit is $100,000, if um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't respond based on States. So, you know, like I'm in New York, which has a different tax treatment than somebody who's like in Tennessee, who has no state income tax. Um, it would just stick to the federal level questions, but I think it's, it was sort of fun to play with. So yeah. I would say, try it out. Um, yeah
1: ask those questions to the ai and then ask an expert and see if they
2: match <laughs> could be fun yes exactly exactly but i think i know the person who made the bot and i would trust her more than a random person on tiktok okay fair. fair enough um I forgot but also I it is just an ai bot and i don't know it's like a thing lately right oh if totally <laughs> Have you heard of AI? Uh, Yeah, that's how I start all my conversations. It's going to replace all the tax preparers.
1: That's okay. I'm good. Yeah. I'll go retire somewhere.
2: Yeah.
0: If I wish.
1: Anyway, I forgot what I was going to bring up, but I'm sure it was brilliant. Um, If I think of it, I'll add it to the show notes and yeah.
2: Yeah. And we love to help people with these kinds of questions. So please reach out. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. It's Really bugging me now. I can't think of what it was anyway. We'll move forward. I'll leave that in the past. <laughs> but if there's anything that you would like to ask us, pre- please reach out at info at connectingthedollars.com. Everything will be linked in our show notes and on our
2: website. Um,
1: yeah, and we'll talk to you next time.
2: Okay, so Emily remembered what she forgot to say at the end, so we're recording a little PS here because. I think getting a great foundation for your business is very important. So go ahead, definitely.
1: Okay. So what I was going to say is that once you choose to be an S corp, like that is your entity, there are certain ways that you can change from S corp to C corp. I, I can't remember. There's all very specific uh, rules from the IRS that allow you to change from one entity to another, but you can't ask AI, be like, is it better for me to be a, LLC this year or an S Corp and they'll tell you one and then next year it turns out your profits were different. So it's better for you to file the other way. You can't just keep flip flopping every year, depending on, you know, what your profit and loss is. That's all
2: I wanted to get in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so choose wisely because the decision is going to impact you for years to come. It's important. Yeah. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.
0: That will do it for this episode of Connecting the Dollars. Nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal, financial, or tax advice. If you like what you heard, please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to ConnectingTheDollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at Or if you're interested in working with us, click the schedule a consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.